You're listening to Voice Acting Mastery, episode number 69. Welcome to the Voice Acting Mastery podcast with Crispin Freeman. VoiceActingMastery.com is your place to learn both the skills and the mindset you need to become a professional voice actor, even if you're just getting started. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover valuable tips, tricks, and insider information to help you portray characters in animation, video games, and beyond. And now here's your host, voice actor Crispin Freeman. Hi there. My name is Crispin Freeman, and I'll be your guide through the world of voice acting. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to check out my personal website at www.crispinfreeman.com. This is the second part of my interview with my good friend, the incredibly talented voice director, Andrea Toyas. Andrea works for Blizzard Entertainment and has voice directed such high-profile titles as World of Warcraft Cataclysm and Diablo 3. We first met while working on Diablo 3, where I played the voice of the male wizard. We've admired each other's work ever since. In the last episode, Andrea discussed how she started out as a production assistant at a video game company and then worked her way up through the ranks. She edited dialogue, then became a recording engineer, and eventually a voice director. She's worked on almost every aspect of the process of recording voice actors from the ground up, which gives her an invaluable perspective on what video game companies are looking for in performers. In this episode, Andrea shares with me what skills, abilities, and mindset she looks for when casting a voice actor. If you've ever wanted to know what goes through the head of someone who decides which voice actor to hire for a project, you're about to get the inside scoop from Andrea. And now, the feature segment. So, speaking of voice actors mm -hmm. coming to audition for you, yes. when a voice actor comes to audition for you, what are you looking for? What, what's your sort of criteria? What is it that you're, you're, you're hoping to see when a voice actor comes to audition? It's a great question. Um, you know, I get a lot of people that approach me, and I'm sure you have this as well, people who want to get into the industry and they have great voices, and that's awesome. It's a great place to start. But for me, with the crazy titles that I work on, I really, the number one ingredient is an ability to play. You know, I need, when actors come to me, I want them to already have a sense to kind of create and play. Because when you come to a video game session, you may or may not know exactly what you're coming for. I think if it's a lead role like yours, you know who the male wizard is. But a lot of times if you come to me for World of Warcraft, you're going to have no warning and I'm going to tell you which I had to do. Okay, you are a demon goat warrior speaking faux Latin. Go. Like, what the, <laughs> what, what, I, who even knows what to do with that, right? Yeah. Uh, I actually think that was for Diablo. But my point is, you, you might not have any really clue what you're coming in for. And so you, at a moment's notice... No matter what kind of voice you have, or even, obviously, the, the more training, the better, but to be able to play and create and, and have a res reservoir of, of crazy voices and things and just be willing to experiment. So I think, for me, the two most important things are an ability to play and create and to not censor yourself, because I don't think people realize how vulnerable you can feel in a recording booth. So you've got to be able to try a demon goat warrior speaking full Latin without feeling self-conscious. So I think those are two powerful skills and an ability to kind of play and create with me and not be embarrassed. Try it. It might work or it might not. Who cares? I always tell people it's like a sandbox that we're all in. We're all having fun together. So I want an actor to be present who can give and create and experiment with me to see where it takes us. Gotcha. So it's, it's really the, important. The sense of play 
Um, I think uh, I certainly learned a lot about that when working in improvisation. Mm-hmm, of course. The ability, it's something that I tell my students all the time, right. that improv is one of the most useful skills. The yes. idea that you can quickly make a decision about something, commit fully to it. Absolutely. And then change it on a dime Absolutely. if necessary because Absolutely. we're going to try something else. Absolutely. Um, have you ever been blown away by something an actor has done in the booth? Yes. I have yeah. a great story for this. So I got to, uh, this is my favorite story. I've told it a thousand times, but I, I could tell a thousand. I'll be telling grandkids about this. So the fabulous Frank Welker came in, right? My first time meeting him. <laughs> first time meeting him. I was trembling. I went to go get him in the lobby of the recording studio. And he was the most, the most humble. I'm sure you've met him. Yes. The most humble. So you would never know it's a legend, right? Sweetest guy. Comes in. And of course... I thought the role that I was giving him was like a big, bad, epic dragon. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And then I found out as he's entering the booth from the writer that, no, this is what he was. And I'm not even exaggerating. He was uh, a battery, a small battery in the shape, let me make sense, a small battery in the shape of a small nuclear plant inside the body of a fake dragon. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, what the, what, what? does that even mean? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't, even now I'm telling you, I still don't know what it means. So I'm like, okay, Frank, you know, I felt like he, having him there, I should have given him some big epic dragon role. Yeah. But it turned out that was the perfect thing to give Frank Welker. So I'm like, okay, Frank, here's the deal. You're a battery, small nuclear plant, fake dragon construct. Literally, he's like, I got this. And then he made these crazy sounds. Holy crap that literally if you if you heard it it was so he did this like weird bitonal growl thing and if you heard it you'd be like oh my god that is a battery in a nuclear plant and a fake dragon he was it was crazy but that's the kind of degree of experimentation and creativity you have to have because nobody knows what that means and that's why me as a director i'm relying on you okay here's what i need here here's what is on paper what can you do with that? Yeah. And so Frank Welker nailed it out of the ballpark, and, and he's a perfect example of what goes into what kind of video game sessions can be. Yeah. Craziness like that. So what about when it all goes wrong? Mm. Don't need to name any names. <laughs> but It never goes wrong. What are you talking about? Yeah. When, when, when it goes wrong, usually what goes wrong, and how do you recover? How do you come back from it? So when you say wrong, I guess you mean any degree of wrong. I mean that there's got to be times when you have an actor in the booth who is either lost, yes. out of their depth, doesn't quite know what's going on, right. is is restricting themselves, like right. judging themselves, like right. you said, right. like their their internal critic clamps down, oh, yeah. and the session starts to go sour, right. and 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 the challenge then is. How do we get back yes. on track? Yes. So I guess I guess it's a two part question. One is what what usually makes actors sort of clam up in the booth right. or 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 uh, sort of falter. Right. And then the second part is what do you do as a director to try to help them back on their feet? Right. Right. Those are great questions, and I wish there was an easy answer. Um, I think you know. First of all, I think when I sense that things are going wrong, I you know. It's hard being a director because you don't have a lot of time to think. You've got to have very instantaneous reactions to things. Because if I stop, and if I just stopped directing, and we just sat there in silence as I thought things through, then it would just make everybody panic. So I have to very, very quickly gauge things and see where we're at. And so while things are going south, I do have to you know, ask myself, I don't immediately assume it's the actor, right? It could be me. I mean, because I think from the director's perspective, uh, one of my responsibilities is when an actor comes in, you have to kind of gauge what kind of actor they are. I think you are amazing, not because we're here now, but you really are a self-parking car, I always say, because you just come in, you park <laughs> yourself, I just 
sit there and check Facebook and you do your thing. <laughs> uh, but my point is you have to know when an actor knows what they're doing and they've got the role because sometimes I think I can be the problem in the sense of if you've got an actor who doesn't need a lot of information and you start downloading a whole bunch of information onto them, suddenly that's putting them in their headspace. Mm-hmm. So for myself as a director, I, I don't want to, I want to keep the actor as much out of their headspace as possible. So if I see it going sour, first thing I'm going to do is ask myself, am I just, is, are they getting too much? Because right. they might be getting... For me, if they hear, I want red, blue, green, yellow, orange, they don't, that's too much. Yeah. Versus knowing when to back off and go, I need a little bit of red and orange, what you got. You know, so I, I think my, my, my first answer is I'm going to check myself and the writers and see if we're overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I feel like we're not and it's okay and I feel maybe the actor's a little bit lost, I think the thing I really want to do, and this might sound not goofy, but I mean, if it's, if it's the point where I can hit, hit, feel we're hitting critical mass, I'm going to take a little break. And of course, it's not going to be them. It's just, let's just take a little break because sometimes I think if I push and push and push, then they start, if they're on take 36, they're going to know it's not going well. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want that to happen because if you keep doing it, sometimes I tell people like, it's like a photocopy. If you keep, if you keep photocopying a photocopy of a photocopy, then you, you've just lost the whole soul of what you're trying to do. So right. I'm, the writers might be might want me to get take forty two, but that's we're so we're going to be so far off course. Let's just stop. Let's just stop, and then once we'll take a break, and I think I'll try to go just talk a little bit because oftentimes I think it's hard for uh, especially video game actors to connect with our material because we're not talking about humanoid creatures generally. We're not talking about clear cut human plot points. We're in Azeroth. We're fighting demons, or we're in space with aliens, and so I think what I have to do is kind of take a little break and talk a little bit and see. And again, never say it's their fault, but just to see how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And then my, my job as a director is to find, if they're not connecting the way I'm trying to get them to connect, maybe talk a little bit, you know, have a little tea and kind of maybe find a way for myself to give them some, some, some reference points they can glom onto. Yeah. Um, because it's really nobody's fault at that point. It, it is very challenging material. Um, and I think especially people who are not used to video games might struggle a bit more. They could be the world's best voice actor, but they don't know how to connect to being a, a space alien with no mouth who's giving a monologue. How do you do that? What are you saying? I know. I was just feeling that way last night. Exactly. But I- exactly. Of course you would. You'd get it. But uh, I don't know. So I guess there's, there's no clear answer. The point is just to keep tracking myself, let the actor know that they're loved, and, and just try to find a way to communicate and help them dial in in the best way I can. Right. I hope all of my listeners can truly hear what Andrea is saying. Because what she is articulating is exactly what I hear from many, many voice directors. The most important quality they are looking for in a performer is someone who is a good collaborator. Voice directors are hoping that an actor will not only bring a wealth of acting talent, inspiration, and playfulness to whatever project they are auditioning for, but that they will also understand what it means to work on a team in order to make a project great. The actor's job is to provide the director with varied yet believable options to choose from when the actor portrays a character. Together, actor and director try out different acting choices until they settle on the performance that seems to serve a character best. The icing on the cake is when the actor understands the specific nature of the project they are working on and what type of acting decisions will work best for that kind of project. Andrea said repeatedly, that it can sometimes be hard for actors who are used to acting in contemporary, realistic drama to feel comfortable performing in high-fantasy environments like World of Warcraft or Diablo. However, if you as a voice actor are able to bring not only a wealth of artistic talent to an audition, but also an understanding and appreciation 
for what each specific project needs from an acting perspective, you will become indispensable to a director. Directors love to hire actors who make their job easier. Become an actor who knows how to collaborate by solving character problems for directors, and you'll always be in demand. In the third part of our interview, Andrea talks about the challenges of managing the expectations of writers and producers while trying to direct a voice actor in the booth. She also talks about the skills one needs to be an effective voice director, and I express to her what I appreciate most about talented directors like her. Until then, I'd like to remind my listeners to leave any thoughts or comments this interview might inspire in the comments of the blog post associated with this episode at voiceactingmastery.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Voice Acting Mastery Podcast with Crispin Freeman. To get your free report revealing the five most common mistakes to avoid in voice acting, point your web browser to www.freevoiceactinggift.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.